You want your five star matches? You want your thirty minute classics? Not me. Big meaty man slapping me. good ladies and gentlemen this is the slapping meat wrestling podcast i'm your host randall beatley you could find me on tiktok as well as twitter at we too deep 413 that's w-e-t-o-o-d-e-e-p we too deep 413 um today's episode we're going to break down what looks to be the potential wrestlemania card my opinions on it my opinions going into wrestlemania Um, and then we're going to end the show. I did everyone a favor and I went ahead and watched revolution. I was invited by a couple of my friend, my brother, my best friend, um, to watch revolution with them. I was hesitant because everything I've seen on TikTok, everything I've seen on Twitter has been a little bit down on AEW. So I was like, eh. I already don't like it. Why would I waste my time watching something that AEW fans don't seem to even like at the moment? Um, But I went ahead and just for the sake of hanging out with friends, I went in and watched. Um, And we're going to break down my reaction to what happened uh, at Revolution. And uh, I think some of you may be surprised by some of it. Um, and others, maybe not so much. We'll see. But with that being said, I do want to do some, some housekeeping a little bit. Like I said, this will be a once a week show now. I I like this a little better. When I was going, you know, four episodes a week, I was just burnt out. It quickly burnt me out on the industry, right? Because I was, I was forced to watch Raw and I'm sorry, that's what it was. It was like, it, 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 it was within, like, it's not even good television. I'm just going to be completely honest with you. Like, it's three hours of torture at times. Um, and and so it just got tiring. And then, you know, that ends at 11 and off. Then I would go, Raw would end. I would jump on the computer, record the episode, release it. It's midnight, almost 1 o'clock at this point. And... I just, uh, it, it, then I had to do the same thing Tuesday where I'm watching NXT and I like NXT and again, NXT ends at 10. So by the, by the time that's posted, it's, you know, 1130 midnight. And, and so I'm just, you know, it was, it was a lot of work and, and I'm not afraid of work. It was just a lot of grinding that I don't think really needs to happen for the show to be good. So what we're going to do with with the show is basically it's going to be things that I enjoy in wrestling, different topics, different news things, all within um, like a week thing. Um, Like 
I'll break down the shows, what I liked, what I disliked in wrestling over over a week. Maybe we'll do like a breakdown of what I like in wrestling. Things, you know, there's a lot of things that we could sit down. I'm probably going to sit down at some point in the next couple weeks and and write down things that I want to want to discuss on this episode or on an episode on this podcast and break down and schedule it. That way I'm not coming up with ideas, you know, ahead of time, like two hours before I record, (laughs) um, like I did for this, this podcast. Um, last thing in the, in the housekeeping bit, um, I'm a part of a really awesome discord server and I've gotten permission to, to, uh, to promote this, um, the casual wrestling community discord server. Um, well, it's, it's the casual community. So it started by someone that I've mentioned before on here, notorious nerdy D he runs the nerdy D show, which is more of a pop culture, you know, uh, show the him and his, his wife does level up Lauren, big shout outs to both of them. Um, and then they do a wrestling show. He does a wrestling show, um, as well. And so he's, he put together a discord and it's in the starting phases. There's not a lot of people in there, but I've had a lot of fun and a lot of good discussion. And so what I want to present to you guys is the opportunity to join the casual community. Um, where we just come in, we have fun. We, we, there's, there's a lot of, uh, trash talk. Uh, and you know, he offers, um, so what he ends up doing is he's, he, he posts the new episode of the fish show. It gives you guys something else to listen to as well. And, and he has the same mindset that I have. Let's make this a community thing, right? Who like, I don't care if you listen or not like if you join this and you find his podcast more appealing go listen to it that's fine right i'm not in this for the viewership i'm not in this to make money i'm not in this to um you know start a business i'm in this just to have fun um this is fun to me to sit and talk about wrestling and share my opinions that's all i'm in this for is to have fun and and nerdy d has the same uh uh Outlook on it, um, he kind of actually has some somewhat of the same like story too with his podcast. He was doing this like four days a week, and it, I mean it's a lot of work to put in the type of production that he put in. Where I mean it's st- no, researching and finding news stories. If you've ever tried to find wrestling news stories, you'll understand it's difficult as hell because when you go to these dirt sheets, like. Big news stories to them is like Vince McMahon backstage with a mustache. Like, who the hell cares? Like, I'm literally ju- not even kidding. There, That was a report that Vince McMahon was backstage and he had a mustache. <laughs> That's a big news report in the wrestling world, right? That's a whole other episode on why I think wrestling journalism can't even be called journalism because it's it's so bad at times. Um... But, I mean, that's a lot of research into doing these things, making sure you're telling accurate information. Then, for him, like, he records and he, 
he makes like shorts and TikTok length videos that I don't even do. I can't even imagine the amount of time that Nerdy D put into to his podcast, right? So he sort of has the same sort of story as me. He got burnt out with it. And so I think he actually releases on Wednesdays as well. The more the merrier on Wednesday, that's wonderful. It's Wrestling Wednesday, right? Um, I'm not the type of person that's like, oh, Wednesday's my day. Why are you infringing? No, I want this to be fun for everyone involved. Uh, me and him have actually talked potentially trying to navigate a schedule to where we can do like a crossover show. Um, we've mentioned that idea. Um, so that might be in the future. Um, I'm going to continue to follow up with him, see if we could plan something out. Um, but yeah, the opportunity to join his Discord, I'm going to leave the a link in the bio of uh, of this episode if you guys are like in the description um for you to join for this episode uh, it's going to be in the description you can join the discord the casual community have a lot of th- now, a lot of the conversation threads are about stuff that's been talked about in his um in his episodes um and so you would Right, you can't just jump in and right, but there is a lot of wrestling discussion um, involved in it. So go check that out. I, uh, I first off, he has. If you have your own podcast, promote your show. He wants us to be a community, just the same that I do. Everyone have fun. Everyone promote their shit. Have some fun, trash talk, and uh, go about it. With that being said, it's a long introduction, a lot of uh, housekeeping. Let's get into today's show. Right, and so I mentioned ahead of time we're talking potential WrestleMania card, and it's becoming less potential and more of what it's actually becoming and what it is. Um, we're less than thirty days away from WrestleMania. Let's let's count the days down: seven, twenty, twenty-one, two, three, four, like twenty-five days from night one of WrestleMania. Uh, at the time I'm recording this, which is on a Tuesday. What I do, if you guys don't know, I record on Tuesday nights. I uh, set to to release Wednesday morning, um, so I am recording this at, on a Tuesday, right? So we're we're twenty something days from WrestleMania. I'm be honest with you, I'm not excited for this. Right when they announced WrestleMania Hollywood, there was big potential for The Rock. Then they were talking Cena. Then they were talking Austin. Like there was a potential for the three of the three of my top five wrestlers being on this card. Then you add in Roman Reigns, so that's four of my top five wrestlers of all time, right? The only one that missing is Hulk Hogan. And God, please don't bring him. Please, we, we we don't need Hulk Hogan. But Austin, Cena, Rock, Roman. Then you add in guys like Seth Rollins, who are like top 10 all time for me, right? You had a potential for a star-studded WrestleMania. You had the potential, you know, this time last year, right? And when they were announcing, hey, this is going to LA, right? Like last year at WrestleMania time, like there was a lot of potential for what this WrestleMania could be. And now we're 30, less than 30 days away from it. 
and it just doesn't feel like it's going to live up to much. It just seems like another premier live event card. Um, and not even a good one at that. Um, so we are going to go through the card. The first report that I want to talk about is that Triple H is trying to make the card smaller. That he wants a smaller WrestleMania card, which I'm fine with. And I actually promote. Um, but with that being said, if you're going to use a smaller card, please bring it back to one night. We don't need two night WrestleManias. And you're going to have to trim some of the fat in your roster, right? You can't have 200, 300 superstars in the company and only display, you know, eight matches, right? So if you're going to shrink the card, and I think you should, but I think there's also a lot of fat in the company that if you just cut the fat and release, you know, go back to February 8th, I think it was, when I did the roster revamp, and I ended up cutting like 25-30% of the roster. That's something that needs to be done. Um, it, it, and to to create, um, I would think, better enticing programming. Because when you have so many people at your dispensary, at your dispense, excuse me, I can't talk. <laughs> when you have so many people at your, at your exposure, at your expense to put on the TV... Right, you, you, a lot of times you just don't, right? Especially if you're going to use the same 10, 15 people, right? So I think you got to cut some of the fat, shrink the card. I think eight matches is the most you should have on a WrestleMania. Not everyone deserves to have a WrestleMania moment every year. The best of the best deserve to have their WrestleMania moment. With that being said, I am going to. Pr- Go through some of the matches that appear to be what's going on. We'll break down the women's side of the card first. We'll start with the match that got announced yesterday on Monday Night Raw. Yesterday or Monday on Monday Night Raw. Uh, Remember that I am recording on a Tuesday. Sorry about that. Becky Lynch and Lita and Trish Stratus versus Damage Control. Um, I... Don't hate this match. Um, however, I don't understand why you would give Lita and Becky the championship and then not have that title defended at WrestleMania. I just don't understand it. I like this match better. Um, I my, my problem is... Um, these women's tag team championships just are completely useless at this point. I think I, I would rather get rid of the them and put on a mid-card title for the women's division that I think would be a lot more useful. Um, there's obviously no plan for these. You would think that, that Ronda and Shayna would be the next competitors. Or in line to, to, to fight for him. I just I just don't know if, if I really want to see Lita and Trish Stratus in a WrestleMania caliber match. Um I don't know what this does and or what, what the benefit is for this or who really wants to see this. I would love to see Ronda and Shayna win these tag titles at WrestleMania. That that would be my preferred match. But this match is what we're getting 
I would assume this leads to Ronda and Shayna maybe uh, at Backlash, maybe a Money in the Bank, maybe a bigger event like SummerSlam. Um, I just can't see Lita wrestling week to week. And so you're telling me... The only thing I could think of is potentially Ronda and Shayna winning it on the road to WrestleMania, maybe by a damage control distraction or something. I just I just don't understand. Like, I don't see Lita wrestling week to week, showing up week to week to promote this, but also to continue to carry the championship and f- past WrestleMania. Like, what's going to happen past WrestleMania that... that benefits the ch- the championship here, right? So, um we'll move forward with the women's division. We got Bianca and Oscar and we got Charlotte versus Rhea. Now, the reason I'm going to talk about these the same is three of the four competitors I'm fine with. I would have preferred Bianca versus Rhea and I would have preferred Charlotte versus Raquel Rodriguez. I think that those would have been the better matches that promoted younger and better stars. Raquel should have been should be booked a hell of a lot better. Um, and Rhea, I think, would have made a better opponent against Bianca. Um, that's just my opinion. I think those would have been the better matches. Nothing against Asuka. I think she's a fine wrestler. I just don't think that the modern, like, Channel flippers, the the casual fans, right? This gimmick, this this gimmick, which is her indie gimmick, basically. Um, it, I don't think a lot of people care about it. Uh, just to be completely honest, um, and so I would have rather seen Rhea face Bianca and then Raquel face Charlotte with two new champions. I think Raquel. Is a star in the making of book correctly, and Rhea is the best thing in the industry of all companies. I think Rhea is the best thing in the women's division today. Um, so, um, but yeah, it looks like we're gonna get Bianca versus Oscar, Charlotte versus Rhea. Um, they're not gonna be bad matches. Rhea and Charlotte will probably main event night one, and, and more than likely, I'm seeing Rhea winning that match. Um, I think then we'll get the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. It's rumored to not happen, but I, I think it will happen. Um, and I think, I mean, that could potentially be a spot where you maybe put over someone like Montez Ford, LA Knight. Um, I'm trying to think if someone else on the main roster that could deserve a, that deserves a good push, but winning this doesn't really do much for your career. I'm going to be completely honest with you. So, I, I want to see it, but at the same time, I really don't want to see it. It's just a, project, a projection. I think we're pro- probably going to get a match like that. Um, I think Cena versus Theory was confirmed as happening last night on Monday Night Raw. I kind of figured this was going to be the match. Um, I'm not upset with it. It's predictable that Theory's going to win, get the little put, the Cena sort of, the Cena rub where Cena's going to pass the torch over to him. Um, and it should be a, a fun match. It's going to be a really, probably, 
it won't be like super, super high pace, but I think it's going to be a good match. I really do. I really do. Cena doesn't ever disappoint. Theory doesn't ever disappoint. Um, I just don't necessarily know if, if I really care about this match. Right? It's just one of those like, eh, this is going to be a B-minus match on a B-minus card. Let's just be completely honest. Right? Um, we got Logan Paul versus Seth Rollins, which looks like it's going to happen. Again, this is probably going to be match of the night, right? Again, but it's also one that I'm like, eh, do I really want to see this? Um, Seth Rollins, probably the best overall superstar in the like. If we're talking about athleticism, character, ring ability, work rate, right? Roman Reigns is great. Like he's the best in the business to me in terms of of storytelling and, and everything. But Rollins is so good with so little being done for him. Right? Rollins is great. Probably right under Roman to me. And then you're going to put in someone like Logan Paul who was built for this business. I'm not going to be the guy that's like, well, Logan Paul's a disgrace to the business. Why do they keep using No, he's not a disgrace. In fact, I would actually say that he was born for this company and born for this business. And anyone that can promote this and and build something that is good and entertaining, I want him at WrestleMania. Logan Paul at WrestleMania just makes sense. Um, and and him against Seth Rollins, I think it's an intriguing match. And it would not surprise me at all if Logan Paul won this match for the story that we can tell. Now, let me tell you what that story is. Night one, Seth Rollins versus Logan Paul. Logan Paul wins. Seth Rollins loses, which irritates Seth Rollins. Irritates him to the point that night two, he attacks Cody Rhodes in the middle of his match, gets him DQ'd, and sets up not only a Rollins versus Cody feud, which I think is where we're headed, um, but a match at Backlash between Roman, Seth, and Cody for the Undisputed Championship. Now, why do I say think this is going to happen? Well, you go back to Royal Rumble, Cody enters the ring. First person he sort of introduced to is Seth Rollins. And what, what does Seth say? He's like, you're not taking my moment this time. Insinuating, hey man, you're doing this again, right? Like, in my own words, Seth Rollins said to Cody, Bro, why every time I am I get so close to the championship, you stand in my way, right? I get so close, I'm trying to prove myself, trying to get that big win so that I can get a title match, and you stand in my way, right? You come in and interrupt my momentum, right? Because you could argue that if Cody Rhodes wasn't back at Royal Rumble, Seth Rollins would have been an easy pick to win that match, right? And Cody coming back is taking that moment from Seth. And Seth just lost not only his moment in the main event against Roman because of Cody, but because he didn't win Rumble, now he had to face Logan Paul, Right? And 
Seth wouldn't have had to be, be in that elimination chamber where he got attacked by Logan Paul if it wasn't for Cody, right? You could he, he could shift all the blame for all of his problems on Cody, which makes him instantly a heel, makes Cody a babyface, right? In the feud, I think it becomes a good feud, but it also puts Seth back in, in the title picture, right? You have Seth and Cody sort of fight it out for, you know, a few months. Or this sets up an opportunity where both of them defeat Roman in some way, shape, or form and split the belt at Backlash. Now, I don't know if I personally like that. The rumor that I'm really hoping happens is Roman keeps it till SummerSlam and Gunther beats him at SummerSlam. I would love that. I would eat that up all day. All day. I would eat that up. Um, but I, I just... I, I think Seth is losing this match. I'm be completely honest with you. Um, that's just, and when we get to the week of WrestleMania and I do my predictions, we'll get more into that. Let's continue. Speaking of Gunther, I think he will defend his championship, his Intercontinental Championship. There's a fatal five-way on Friday night to determine who he faces. Sheamus, Drew, uh, LA Knight, Kofi, and I forgot the fifth guy. But Kofi's injured now, so either Kofi's going to have to be replaced or maybe they just make it a fatal four-way. Either way, I think that's going to end in some sort of tie where it ends up being Sheamus and McIntyre in that match. WWE does this thing where like matches like this, they like to put in a triple threat um, situation. I think Gunther loses that WrestleMania match, and that's when he gets the big push to um, to SummerSlam where he beats Roman Reigns. Um, I think I think that that would make the most perfect sense. I really want Sheamus to win it so that he could become the Grand Slam's champion. Um, you could have Sheamus pin McIntyre to win the title, which sets up a feud between Sheamus and Drew for the that championship for a few months. Um, while you're building other stars. I think that's the best way to do it. I'll be honest with you. Um, I think it's going to be a triple threat. Gunther versus Drew McIntyre versus Sheamus. We then have... Um, talk about that one in a minute. Dominic versus Rey Mysterio. I don't think it's been confirmed, but that's definitely where they're headed. Um, and this is going to be an interesting match. I'll be honest with you. Um I think it's going to be very interesting. And I, I forgot to mention this guy when I talked about Andre the Giant. Damian Priest probably is going to win the Andre the Giant Memorial. Think about the momentum that da- that Judgment Day, excuse me, that Judgment Day is going to, to get potentially off of this card. Rio winning the Women's Champion. Da- uh, Damian Priest potentially winning uh, his match. Um with maybe like Andre the Giant, if they do it. Um, Another match that I want to talk about is Edge versus Finn Balor, I think is going to happen. Finn Balor's probably going to win that match, and I hope that ends the feud. Um, But think like Dominic winning, 
Finn winning, Rhea winning, Judgment Day, should be Damian Priest winning the Andre the Giant. Think about all of that momentum. You could then, you know, as the bloodline's going down, you need another faction, right, to take over. Factions just tell the best stories because there's so many different pieces that you could put in. And so you can have Judgment Day come in with all those momentum after Mania to be that next faction, right? Um, there's also the potential of uh, of a Hurt Business coming back, a new Hurt Business. We'll talk about that one in a minute. But Dominic versus Ray. It's going to be the, the, that emotional hitter. Um, Edge versus Finn, don't really necessarily care about. Um, let's talk Brock Lesnar versus Omos. Again, don't care about this one. Um, it's not like I'm going to hate on it, but it's like a B-minus match at best. Like The best way for them to do this is just have Brock F5 and suplex him a thousand times. Um, or build up Omos to where he's squashing all these people and he beats Brock in like two minutes. That would be hilarious and funny, and but also would build Omos up with a little bit of credibility, but I just don't think the fans are behind Omos. So I don't think it's something that we should really care about, right? Um, especially if this is Brock Lesnar's last match, as it is being rumored, that he's going to say his goodbyes after WrestleMania. Having it against Omos is kind of weird. But it's also a way, like, this also seems like a torch passing moment that Vince McMahon created. Like, hey, we got to pass the torch to the big giant from Nigeria. Let's have him beat Brock. Um, the last match, well, there's there's three more matches we haven't talked about. The last one that I haven't mentioned that I really just don't have a, a care in the world about is Bobby Lashley versus Bray Wyatt. I don't care about it. I don't care about Bray Wyatt. I just don't. I I mean, when he when he was released as the Fiend, I thought it was good for business because he just didn't make like the Fiend was ruined when it lost to Goldberg, and there was no saving that character. Um, and then so when he got released, I was like, okay, that's good. He can disappear. They can bring him back in a couple months year whatever and that's exactly what they did and so when he came back like the intrigue of the new character was just so good right i was all behind it but we're no uh november december january february march we're five almost six months into this new gimmick and i don't know what's going on no one knows what's going on and i'm being told i have to wait i'm sorry who waits five months for anything, right? Um, especially for a story. Like, if I was to write you a story and it was 500 pages long and you got 400 pages into it and nothing happened up to that point to expand the story, you would be like, well, what the hell's going on, right? That's a lot of time wasted and nothing happened, right? So... Or if I were to write you a, a, a movie, if you were to go to a movie that was four hours long and three hours into the movie, nothing of the plot got explained. It's just a bunch of randomness being put together. You would be like, what the hell's going on? Right. And then you'd have to say the person beside you said, no, man, you just got to wait it out. Like, how long do you wait before you say, man, this movie sucks? Right. In, in this instance for Bray Wyatt, you even 
say one thing bad about Bray Wyatt and the damn cult of of wrestling fans on the internet attack you. I'm not interested at all in anything Bray Wyatt has done. Bray Wyatt did not carry that last feud. LA Knight did. Right? So I just I don't understand why people continue to 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 treat Bray like he's untouchable and he, and he can't be critiqued. Right? Um so then we have the Usos. What are we doing with the Usos? To me, the best match you could have done would have been uh Jay versus Sammy. And what what happened on Monday Night Raw on the 6th of March this past Monday? Right where Jay came back and turned on Sammy. I believe that should have happened at Elimination Chamber and what costed Sammy the match. And then they should have began a feud between Sammy and Jay. I felt that that was the bigger story. If you look at Sammy Zayn's story and involvement in the bloodline, he was more involved with the Usos than he ever was involved with Roman Reigns. And so the Usos and, and Sammy are the bigger story. And I felt him and Jay, Sammy and Jay were the biggest of the stories that you could f- fulfill here. Um, but this also could lead to the Sami Zayn redemption story, right? Where Sami Zayn gets betrayed by all his friends. They beat him down, beat him down. He loses to Jay. He loses to Jimmy. He loses to Solo. He wins money in the bank to cash in on Roman where he put, where he wins money in the bank. Right? I think that's a beautiful story. I I do. And I think that's how this story has to end. As much as I'd love to see Gunther beat Roman, I think Sammy has to, at this point, be the guy to, to do it in a David and Goliath type of way. Where, where, where Sammy comes out, and Sammy do, does the uber babyface cash-in where he wins it at Money in the Bank. He grabs a mic. He cuts a really short promo that says, Roman, I'm cashing in in Detroit at, at SummerSlam. I'll see your bitch ass there. Something like that. And then he leaves the ring. And we don't see Sami Zayn till SummerSlam. We don't see Roman Reigns and Sami interact until SummerSlam. But Roman knows, and he has that. he's on notice, right? Hey, the, I'm wrestling at SummerSlam against Sami Zayn. He's cashing in, and Sami beats him. And then that's, I mean, Sammy could just be a transitional champion for a month and have Gunther come in and then beat the shit out of him. That would be great, right? That would be great. Sammy has to be the guy that, that beats this, though. He has to. And what I think they're going to do with the story that they're telling is it's going to be Sammy and Kevin versus the Usos at WrestleMania for the tag team champions, where I think the Usos lose or I was of the opinion that the Usos were going to lose but now after last night I don't know I really don't know um but I do think we get Kevin and Sammy versus the Usos for the tag team championship and then of course the last match is Roman Reigns versus Cody for the undisputed championship everyone has their opinion I'm not going to predict the match now we'll wait till you know two three weeks from now Four weeks from now when we're doing the prediction show. And, uh, yeah. And uh, we'll see what, what happens with it. Uh, I just... Overall, this card is just B-plus at best. Like, it's not a WrestleMania card. This is something you give me at, like, 
SummerSlam or Survivor Series. It's, it doesn't have Hollywood big big fight feel. I think Rollins and Logan Paul are going to be the best match of the night, right? Like you had, you fail, and I think it's just because like the idea that we could have The Rock and we could have Austin and we could have Cena in a match all at the same time on the same card just really rose the bar of what this could be. And then to see what we're actually probably going to get, it's uh, it's a little disappointing. Um, but with that, we're done discussing WrestleMania for now. Let's talk about what happened on Sunday at a revolution. Um, I'm going to pull up the card real quick because I don't remember everything. Um, so I'll be honest. I watched with my friends. I got there late. I missed the first match, with which which was Jericho versus um, Starks. And I missed that match. Ricky Starks won, which was predictable, right? You looked at the card. You could figure that out. Um, I entered the match right towards the end of Jungle Boy versus Christian Cage, which was the second match. So I missed basically about two matches by the time I got to to my friend's house to watch. And they were the two matches I really don't care about, so I'm not I'm not going to talk about them because I didn't watch them. Um, but from what I heard, they were pretty decent matches, right? So then we talk about the first full match that I was there to watch, the six-man tag team match for the AEW Trios Championships between the Elite, Kenny Omega, Nick Jackson, Matt Jackson, and the House of Black, Malachi Black, Brody King, Buddy Matthews, uh, where the House of Black ended up winning. I liked this match. It wasn't a, it wasn't like an A plus, but this was a very decent match with a very very good decision booking wise to have the House of Black win. Um, um, like I said, it wasn't anything out of the ordinary. Was your t- there were there was a couple spots in there where it became a spot fest. Your typical elite match. Um, I'll say this though. With this being really the only match, like, this was like the only match where I felt like, oh, this could probably be like a spot fest. I'll save it for my over- overall results, but I thoroughly enjoyed that this was like the only match that that, that gave that feeling of, of spot fest, right? So the next match after that was Jamie Hayter, Soraya, and Ruby Soho for the Women's World Championship in which Jamie Hayter re- retained the championship this was a solid match, right? Very good, better than I expected. Uh, again, best decision was made to keep Jamie Hayter as champion. Um, at the end of the match, Ruby Soho joined uh, Paige, not Paige, Soraya, sorry, joined Soraya and Tony Storm, um, which leads to us to believe that there's going to be you know, they do like that blood and guts match uh, around this time. Um, so it's, that's probably going to be the elimination style match that they do. Soraya, Tony Storm, Ruby Soho. They typically have four per team. But then you have, uh, on the other side, Britt and Soraya. If I was a bigger AEW fan, I'd be like, hmm, let's figure out who the other people in this match could be. Um... I don't I don't know a lot about AEW at the moment in their women's division. Um, 
Some people are probably... A lot of people are saying potentially Statlander could come back. Maybe Thunder Rosa. Things like that. Um, uh, We'll see that in the future. Um, But again, I thought this was a very, very good match. The next match was Hangman Page and Jon Moxley in a Texas death match. Um, I think the rules were you could only win by uh, submission or knockout. Something like that. I think if I, if I understood the rules right, there were no pins, pinfalls. Um, this match was exactly what you thought it was going to be. Moxley bled a lot. Hangman bled a lot. Um, but it wasn't bad. right? A lot of times my critique of John Moxley matches is the blood hurts the match. And overall, I would still say with John Moxley, him bleeding every single time he gets in the ring loses the credibility of the blood, right? If he bled once a year or twice a year in matches that had that big match feel where the blood added to the match, like this match needed the blood to sell the story. So it wasn't like a bad thing. I think the only spot I didn't necessarily like where he literally was like poking his, his, his brains out and I wasn't a big fan of that spot. Everybody else was. I just wasn't a big fan of that spot. I don't think that would what is needed to get over the idea that you know you're you're being bloody and gory, right? I, I don't think that that spot is needed um, in professional wrestling. Um, again, I wouldn't say this is a match of the year, but it was it was better than I had expected it to be. We then get Samoa Joe and Wardlow. Um, Wardlow wins, becomes TNT champion. From what I can tell from TikTok and everyone, TNT championship picture is like a fucking mess of, of ring around the rosy hot potato. Who gets it this week? Um, then we have the tag team championship four-way tag team match for the tag team championship between the guns, the acclaimed, Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett and Orange Cassidy and Danhausen. Again, I think the best decision was made and had uh, uh, the guns retain. But I want to go back real quick. I forgot to mention this. Wardlow now has to fight on Wednesday on Dynamite, has to fight Powerhouse Hobbs, which more than likely Hobbs is going to win that match. My question with this is, is why would you not just make this a triple threat and put Hobbs as the champion or make Hobbs the champion at the pay-per-view where it means a little bit more? That's that's just it's that's sort of the questionable that's probably the most questionable booking decision made the this entire night of why just not put Hobbs in this match. Um so the guns though do retain I'll tell you something the guns got a new fan out of me. Um, as someone who doesn't didn't really know much about you know the tag team division in AEW, I don't really pay attention to AEW. I like the guns. I do. I like their aesthetic. Um, they they have that. They have a good look to them. Uh, we'll talk about that as a review of some of the people that you know that I enjoyed out of the show. Like if I was a new viewer, who I would be cheering for. And then we have the main event, Iron Man, 60-man Iron Man match for the World Championship. MJF won 4-3 over Brian Danielson in an overtime sudden death. 
this story was the, the story of this match was fantastic. I was on the edge of my seat the entire time in this match. It was a solid match. And dare I say, probably the best match of the year so far. That's hard to, that's hard to say because Roman versus Sammy was pretty damn good. Um, I don't know how long it stays as top of my match of the year candidates. Um, but uh, I, especially with WrestleMania having Logan Paul and... Seth Rollins on it, which I think is going to be instantly a, a very good match. I think Roman versus Cody has the potential to be a very good match. Um, if we ever get Roman and Sammy again, that's potentially going to be a a, a, ma- a match of the year match. I think we had a lot of match of the year candidates so far. Um, but I think we got to put MJF and Brian Danielson on that list. One of the best matches I've seen in a long time from AEW. Um, and a lot of it had to do with the pacing. A lot of times when you get these timed 60 minute Iron Man style matches like this, everyone goes out and it's a spot fest for 60 minutes and that wears out an audience super quick. They did a very good job. Now there's a story breaking out of this match where MJF was in the crowd. They were in the crowd and MJF took a drink, whether it was water or tequila, I don't really think it matters for what I'm about to say. And he took it from a woman, and he and he threw it on that woman's son. Um, here's my thing. A lot of people are saying, oh, this makes MJF, this is why he's the best you ever. No. I have the complete opposite reaction to that, um, that move. I think that was disrespectful. I think it, it technically is classified as assault. And I don't think it's needed in wrestling. I'm all for a good heel character. But if your best ability as a heel, if the thing you do best is piss people off or get the cheap heat, you're not a good heel. Anyone can get cheap heat. Anyone can walk into a city and call it a trash hole. Anyone can, can, can do meet and greets and insult people. Anyone can take a drink and throw it on a, on, on a child. That's not, that's not good heel work. That doesn't make you a good heel. What makes you a good heel is storyline. right? Roman Reigns is a better heel than MJF because Roman Reigns' storyline is so fucking good. And I'm not saying this story wasn't good, but Roman doesn't have to do the cheap heat tactics. He doesn't have to insult you. He doesn't have to pour water and popcorn on you. You know what Roman has to do? Roman's music just has to play and he gets booed. Why? Because of the story that is being told. Right? At the end of the day, if you have to result to cheap heat, it's because your story, that is the story that you're telling is not good. And there really is no story with MJF. There's been no character development. He's bland, one-dimensional, and his his shtick has run out of time. Everyone's used to it now. He does the same thing with every feud that he's in. Um, and it's bland, it's one-dimensional, and at this point, I just I think MJF is like, he's probably in the top five active heels right now. But I can name at least two that I like better than. I like Roman better. And personally, I think Grayson Waller is better. 
Grayson Waller is so much better than MJF in my opinion. Um, that's just that's just how I fe- how I see it. I think MJ- I think Grayson Waller is more entertaining. Um, I think he has, I believe, better promos, and I think he's better in the in the ring. Grayson Waller does some shit where, like, I'm like, why did, why would he do that? Like, Grayson Waller to me is is better than it's just overall better, and that's my opinion. You don't have to agree with me, um, but Grayson Waller to me is better than MJF. I don't think there's any debating that. Um, like I said, this was match. Of, this is a potential match of the year candidate. It's just some of those tactics don't have to be done to be a good heel. And I, even as a heel, I would live by at least one rule as a wrestler. Don't assault the fan. Don't assault. You can insult I-N-S-U-L-T. You can insult the fans. That That's good fan engagement is, right, insulting the fans. But when you assault, A-S-S-A-U-L-T, when you assault the fans... When you basically commit a crime, like like if if I was just a random passerby or t- who fan who took that that drink out of the woman's hand and threw it on her son, she could legally press charges on me for assaulting her child. That is the definition of assault, right? And so, as a wrestling promoter, I would never promote illegal activity that wasn't within the bounds of the story. First off, it added nothing to the match. So he just got heat for the sake of getting heat. And it added nothing to the match. Right? The best heat is heat that adds something to the match. And adds something to the story. And this did nothing for the story. Right? Um, I, like I said, the match itself was great. I just don't... As This is the area where, like, like if I'm Tony Khan... And I'm backstage at the press conference. Like, Tony Khan... Just sitting here letting MJF get away with assault, and you have to count like uh, he basically had to give away free stuff to this kid, which is fine, but that's damage control because one of your employees did stupid shit. This shouldn't happen, right? You shouldn't allow assault to happen um, at one of your shows, right? In the same method as. Like I would if 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 I was a promoter and one of my employees, if one of my wrestlers that I have signed to work for me for even if it was just a night were to hit on purpose a fan, like sometimes like you'll fly over the barricade and and like land on a person or or something get thrown over the barricade and land on a that that happened. Right, if you sit front row at an indie show or even at WWE, and expect sweat, blood, whatever to get on you, you should expect that. But if you're like four rows deep, and you're working the crowd, you're in the crowd. You're maybe it's like a, a no DQ match, and you're in the crowd, and you're and a fan says something to you. Like I've seen it before in like old school tapes, where like wrestlers would like punch fans. Or whatever, right? Like, like if you do something like that, you're no longer working for me, and you're not getting paid for that show, right? You're get um, and or like even in like Tony Khan's case, like if if I'm Tony Khan and MJF does this, 
at the press conference, I'm fining him. I'm announcing a legitimate fine, not a storyline fine, a legitimate fine, and he's been suspended. That that's that's what happens, and I make that public at the at the press conference, because you don't do things like that. You just don't do things like that, right? Right. MJF shows up at the press conference before he even starts talking, buddy. You could you could do what you want. I, you, I can let you do what, what you want to do, but I gotta announce this first. Um, you uh, you threw a drink on a child. Um, with that being said, you will be fined a hundred grand. Um. And, or, you know, you'll be fined your pay-per-view check. Um, you'll get paid your normal salary, but your pay-per-view check, I'm assuming that's how Tony Khan pays them. Um, because I think they're listed as employees of, of, if I understand it correctly, they're listed as employees of AEW. Um, so I think he pays them like a salary and then he pays them like their pay-per-view bonus. And so I would be like, at least that's the way that I would set it up. And so I would be like, you know, you're, you get, you'll get your salary, but your, your pay-per-view bonus has been fine. You're not going to get that. And you're going to be suspended for two weeks. Right. And then leave it at that. Right. That, that would be what I would, that's how I would handle that. That would nip that in the butt right away. Right. I just, I just don't think it's acceptable for anyone, I don't care who you are in the wrestling industry. If Roman Reigns took a went into the crowd and assaulted a fan, the same thing should happen to him. He should be fined. He should be penalized. He should be suspended. Right? I just don't think it's proper business ethics to be okay with a fan being assaulted on live TV. I just don't think that's fine. I don't think that's fine in any business. Right? Because at the end of the day, they're there to watch you um, not be not have a drink spilled on them, especially if it was alcoholic. Right. Um, overall, though, with this show, I will say this. If I was a new fan who had no idea who what AEW was, and this was the first show I was introduced to, and I really haven't watched AEW since Forbidden Door last year. I'm be completely honest. Like, actually kept up with it and watched the segments and the matches. Uh, they made some fans out of me. Now, or did I watch Full Full Gear? I don't actually remember. It's been a while since I remember keeping up with it. They run four pay per views a year, and I don't even remember like when they run them. Did I watch All Out? I think I I think I did watch All Out. I don't know. I don't remember to be honest. Um, I don't keep up with AEW. That's the point. But I may have to start keeping up with it if Tony Khan's going to continue the book the way he did. Like I said, the booking decisions were great. I I don't have a lot to complain about in the booking department. Um, the women's division, from what I saw, is getting a little better. Now, I've seen some parts of like... Like, I'm not watching Rampage. I'm not watching Dark. I watch Dynamite, and I watch the pay-per-views. Um, I... Uh, I enjoyed, I honestly, I honestly enjoyed Revolution. I did. Uh, some guys that I really enjoyed the most, the Gun Club, probably my new favorite tag team there. They're probably going to be in a feud with FTR, which is going to be a freaking great feud, even though FTR is probably going to win the titles back from them. 
Um, Jamie Hayter and Britt Baker, I, I've loved them forever. When I say forever, I mean since they really, you know, became a, a thing. Britt Baker is the best woman on the on, on that roster, and Jamie Hayter is a close second. Uh, and I think both of them are top ten women in the industry, if not top five. I think in the industry active for 2023, I think right now Rhea Ripley's the best, followed by B, uh, Bianca. I think Britt and Jamie are three and four and five. I really don't care about. I'm gonna be honest with you. I think I think those are the top four, and I think I think Jamie and Britt are up there. I think I think Jade is top ten, right? Like I, I'm not I'm not gonna be, but I think Jamie Hayter's probably the best thing for AEW right now. Britt's had a lot of runs uh, here of late in the company, and so I think her being sort of like a manager, one I think it works better for her scheduling wise because she is a literal dentist but I also think like Jamie Hayter I think is is more over than Britt at the moment and I just don't see Jamie losing the belt at at, at this point um will be interesting to see where that leads though um see who else uh, I like Hobbs I've always liked Hobbs I've thought Hobbs should have been uh pushed a hell of a lot earlier I like Ricky Starks um I think he's the future of the brand. Um, from the show, that's about it. That, that, but, but that, that's a foundation. Like if I were to come into AEW right now, right. And I might even consider doing what, like a roster revamp, like I did for WWE for AEW. Cause I think there's a lot of people I would just completely get rid of in AEW. Um, but if I were to come into, uh, AEW now, like I would push the women's division through Jade and Jamie Hayter and Britt Baker. Those would be the top three women. I probably would actually have that be the the first big feud that I would have. And I would have Jade cash in her TBS championship for the for a straight front of the line championship match against Jamie Hayter. And I probably would have Jade win that. I don't have Jade lose a belt to not get one in return. But I think I would make that be the feud for the first three or four months. Where Jade cashes in. So I would have them feud. And then Jade cashes in. But the the cash-in policy is next pay-per-view. Right? Would be my policy where... You cash in at the next pay-per-view. Not whenever you want, you cash in at the next pay-per-view. Would be my policy. And so I would have Jade cash in that title against Jamie Hayter. Um, I would probably have it be done at All Out. Um, I think like that's like their WrestleMania, right? So that would be something that I would do. I would build around FTR and the Gun Club. And the Acclaimed, as much as I don't like them, are a very good tag team. They're over... Um, there's a lot of other things that I've watched on like Rampage. I'm not a big fan of, uh, on the tag team division, but definitely the gun club I would build behind. I think they're a very good tag team. The acclaimed FTR, I think is one of the best in the world. Um, I think, uh, other people I would build the company behind. I don't really know. I would have to look through the roster. I'm sure they got a lot. Ricky Starks is one of them. 
Um, yeah. Uh, I just... One final word that I'll say is it's sad that the All-Atlantic Championship, like you, you built this new championship, it's on the card, but it's not being defended. In fact, the champion is in a tag team match. That just tells you that this title means nothing, right? Um, also, I would build behind Powerhouse Hobbs. He would be my big star, right? I think Starks and Hobbs could run the the the, the single scene, build behind the Gun Club and FTR, and build behind Jade and Jamie Hayter in the women's division. And I think you got a pretty decent card. Watching this showed me AEW's got some potential. If Tony could just stop the stupid shit from happening. And what it also showed me was this isn't as bad as I thought it was. And it isn't as bad as the 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 WWE only fans have convinced me that it was. Um if you booked the way you booked Revolution continuously where it wasn't it where it isn't matched with a shit ton of spots then match with a shit ton of spots. And what I also think is ROH starting has helped. Like, with it now being on, what, uh, Honor Club? With ROH actually being a brand and you get guys like Eddie Kingston and, and Joe's finally going to go away from AEW and Claudio's gone and stuff like that, I think it's going to benefit AEW Dynamite as a show. Because you don't have the ROH influence, right, on the show. Like, leading up to, the, I think, the last show that I, uh, the last pay-per-view, there was a lot of ROH influence because Tony was trying to build ROH. I get that. But it took away from AEW, right? So I don't think AEW is all that in the trash. I don't, like, I really enjoyed this pay-per-view. It's like a B-plus for me. Um... And I think we could potentially get a match of the year candidate out of it with Brian Danielson and MJF. So overall, good experience. I may have to tune in Wednesday to watch Dynamite. And uh, we'll see what happens. Um, but until next time, this has been the Slapping Me Wrestling Podcast. My name is Reno Beatley. Again, you can find me on TikTok. And Twitter at We2Deep413. Check out the link in the description to join the Discord for the casual uh, community, casual wrestling community. Anyone's invited. Please join ahead. Or please go ahead and join. That way we can talk wrestling. We, we talk mostly WWE, but I'm sure we could get some AEW discussion going on. Um, but with that said, I'll see y'all on the next episode. Thank y'all for listening.